If it's your first time listening to She Is Becoming, welcome to the show. We are a podcast of multi-generational women studying God's word together, dedicated to being transformed by the renewing of our mind. You can find our episodes on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and the Grace Church app, and we are now on the Grace Church website. It's grace.church under the Women's Ministry tab. You can also follow us on Instagram at She Is Becoming Podcast so you can keep up with us and be a part of our sisterhood of Christian women. I am your co-host, Delaney, and I am joined today with my co-host Bev. How are you? I'm good. How are you Delaney? I'm good. It's so great to be with you and see you and not just be FaceTiming you all the time. I know. <laughs> I know. It's a real treat. It is. And you know, we have a new appreciation for things like this after the pandemic. I agree And we're still you. getting through it. But, yes. Um, we're here, just the two of us. So we, we feel pretty safe. Yeah, that's true. Well, Delaney, I think it's always important for us to begin our podcast with, with a question. How, uh, what, what has God been speaking to you lately, Delaney? Where, where are you at? I think right now God has really been like, you need to rest. Mm. You need a break. I, I agree with him. Yeah. <laughs> you do need a rest. It is, it is true. I, in the past few months, there's just been a lot of really amazing things. Um, I got married, you know, being a wife, moving, I got a new job, just all of the things. And the Lord has just really been putting it on my heart. Like you need to rest. Like I really just want to like go and just like take a few hours and like just spend time in the word and like not be distracted by my little three-year-old who I love so much, but just really want to rest in his presence. Just like I just want to chill, to be honest. But um, yeah, God has really provided for me to be able to do that. I'm actually going on my honeymoon soon. So I feel like this is going to be a great time for me to reconnect with the Lord. And me and my husband also like have um, been talking through certain things and just like next steps and all these like kind of things that we want to do for our marriage. And so we're so excited to like go on our honeymoon and just be like pray super specifically for certain things. And so I'm really Yeah. So I'm just really excited for that. And I think that rest like doesn't necessarily mean that I'm just like laying by the pool all day and I'm not doing anything. Um, I think rest can also be something that's really intentional and really like reconnecting you with God. And so I feel like he's just been really laying that on my heart to just take that time. And, you know, you need space mental space, emotional space in order to look ahead to the future, Mm -hmm. in order to uh, build relationships. All of that takes space. And if we don't have any space, uh, we're going to suffer for that. So good for you. I'm so glad to hear that you are really looking for that time away, for that time to rest. Yeah. Well, I would want to introduce this topic today. It's really a, a fascinating one. Yeah, for sure. I'm excited. <laughs> it's so interesting. And I don't, I've never heard a sermon on it at all. Uh, it's a topic that is fascinating. And our topic is the fool. Hmm, intrigue. The Bible talks a lot about the fool. And we see Proverbs is just filled with warnings about being a fool or foolish behavior. And you know what? No one wants to be the fool or play the fool, as we often say. (laughs) A topic like the fool will carry with it a temptation. Here's the temptation, Delaney, to think of everyone else but you. Mm. You know, all of a sudden we're thinking, oh, oh, this describes them. They're a fool. fool. They're a fool. Totally. So I'm going to ask you uh, listeners to uh, discipline yourself to be applying what we're saying about the fool to your own life. Mm -hmm. Um, We're going to talk about a biblical example of a fool, 
and also the biblical description of the fool. Along with both of these, we can talk about how to respond to the fool. So Delaney, would you start us off with a definition of a fool and then give us that biblical example of a husband and wife duo who were wise and foolish? This is fascinating. Yeah, this that story is super interesting. Well, ultimately, a fool is someone who disregards, despises, and rejects God. But everyone has foolish tendencies or inclinations, so that's really what we want to focus on today. So with every foolish tendency, we're going to pose a question so that you can evaluate like what areas of your life you're acting foolishly in. And this is going to sound kind of weird. I want to get into this story about this husband-wife duo. It's in 1 Samuel 25. And um, this is going to sound kind of weird, but I love how the Bible, what the Bible says about Samuel's death. Um, it says that's how the chapter chapter starts. It is, it It is, it is. But the description is awesome. It says that Samuel died and David set out. It doesn't say that the mission died with Samuel. It's saying that God rose another up to lead Israel in godliness, just as Samuel had. And so in a sea of fools, God preserves a remnant of wise people. And you'll see that in this story. So right off the bat in 1 Samuel 25, we know that the character of this wealthy man, his name is Nabal, and his name actually means fool, and he was a fool. Um, And just like a really awesome practice for parents is like, please don't speak this into your children. Like Nabal means fool, and they named him Nabal. And I'm just like, I just don't feel like that's a great idea. (laughs) Probably not. (laughs) Like, please don't speak that into your kids. Um, But in contrast, Nabal's wife, Nabal's wife, Abigail, was wise and beautiful, it says. And it says that now David and his men had been like providing a service for Nabal. They were guarding his flocks. And when they asked for their compensation, Nabal refused. And Nabal disses David. He's basically saying, like, who do you think you are? He dishonored, disrespects David. And David was a well-known warrior for his day. And so Nabal was for sure a fool for disrespecting him. Like, I could you even imagine, like, David, this, like, you know, he's this champion warrior. And Nabal's like, yeah, I'm not paying you. Um, just right off the bat, Nabal is a fool. So David and his men, there was around 400 of them, put their armor on and they were ready to fight. And the servants um, told Abigail, Nabal's wife, what happened, and she intercedes. The servants skip the master of the household to tell his more reasonable reasonable wife. Like, that's pretty ironic to me. In verse 17, it says this about Nabal, that he is such a worthless man that no one can speak to him. So this is a mark of a fool. Fools are unapproachable and unreasonable. That's powerful. Yeah, it's that's facts. And so this is your first question, sister. Are you unapproachable? Unapproachable In the midst of a perceived defense, are you unreasonable? Like, do people feel like they can't go to you? Like, you might flip out or not have any kind of rationale? Something to ponder. Abigail quickly gathers compensation for David. It's 200 loaves of bread, wine, sheep, cakes. And she goes to meet David. And no one tells Nabal that this is happening. So Nabal's in the dark. And when she meets David, he tells her what happened and says, May God do so to the enemies of David and more so if by morning I leave alive as much as one male of any who belong to him. So you don't mess with God's anointed. Like Abigail pleads with David, falls on her face, and he she begs like for their lives. And David actually like spares their lives after Abigail's like has has interceded. And so 
shortly after the Lord turned Nabal's heart to stone and he died. And so this was his consequence. And I think there's some controversy sometimes over whether Abigail's plea was wise and appropriate. I've heard some people say that maybe it's not, but especially since like David married her like after Nabal died, but the Bible calls her wise. So I'm going to go with that. And one of the biggest takeaways of this whole story is this. Fools reject God in doing the right thing. The wise advocate, the wise advocate for godliness and doing the right thing. Fools do what they want to do. The wise follow God's commands. And we see this in the life of Nabal and Abigail. So sister, like, do you reject God and do the wrong thing? Or are you an advocate for godliness? Like, do you care more about doing what you want to do? Or fo- the, rather than following God's commands? Those are some hard questions. Very hard questions. What a, a good point about Abigail. She spared Abigail the sorrow and the guilt of slaughtering this household mm-hmm. because of revenge. Yeah. And he even thanks Abigail in the passage for allowing him for changing his mind and turning him away from so that kind of So in this situation, like she was the wise one. She really was. And she was married to a fool. Um, but she had to learn how to work with him in that. And so she did follow through with David and prevented this great tragedy in their home. Mm. Well, the Bible is far from dull. For sure. (laughs) (laughs) That's quite the story. But um, let's go into some of the characteristics of a fool. Sometimes there are only one or a few aspects of a fool, and others may have every last characteristic. Mm -hmm. (laughs) First of all, a fool is someone who is not teachable. Proverbs 1 7 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Chapter 9 of Proverbs talks about if you try to teach a fool, they'll hate you, but the wise will love you. So trying to confront a fool can be difficult because they tend to think that they know it all, they do not accept any kind of correction, they often will. Um, Uh, turn their own guilt and sin back on the person who's trying to help them. Wow. Proverbs 12 says, The way of the fool seems right to them, but the wise listen to advice. You know, we are such fools if we will not accept correction, feedback, or training. So I wonder, how teachable are you? Are you immediately defensive? Mm. Proverbs 22.15 is really uh, an encouragement for parents to train their children away from foolishness. Folly or foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child, but the rod of discipline will drive it away. Now, obviously, this doesn't mean beat your children, but rather we are to train them because a child is born with foolishness in their heart, and any parent knows that. They're to be trained and use consequences as a training tool. You know, some parents are all talk when it comes to disciplining their children and leading them in the way of wisdom instead of the fool. So we don't, no one wants to raise a fool, but you have to have the the discipline and the consequences accordingly so that they learn wisdom. Right. So first step, don't name your child fool. Second, discipline them. Love that right from scripture, y'all. Yeah, it's so true. Another thing, another way the fool is described is unrighteous in Proverbs 14, 9. Fools mock at making amends for sin, but goodwill is found among the upright. A fool does not allow God's ways, but thinks that they know best and only live by doing it their way. Really, pride here in the fool is the root sin. It's going to cause them to never admit when they're wrong, 
pride in the fool rejects the idea of sin and excuses themselves while blaming others. That's a fool. Mm. Do we allow our own ways or do we live righteously? Are we humble with our sin or do we blame others? That is a real temptation. Yeah, that's a key one right there. I think we've all found ourselves doing that before. Absolutely. Another characteristic of a fool is a a fool is unrealistic. The fool is often the person with big dreams but little wisdom. They want to charge ahead, relying only on themselves. Proverbs 17. A discerning person keeps wisdom in view, but a fool's eyes wander to the ends of the earth. Part of being unrealistic is a lack of self-awareness. It is only all about them, and they do not see the needs of others. Um, The folly of fools is deception, says uh, Proverbs 14. You know, um, not that long ago, I looked up the description of a narcissist, and I found that there's a real parallel here between the narcissist and the fool. It's maybe just even another way of saying it in Scripture. That's really interesting. Isn't it? Yeah, I did not know that, but now that you're saying that, I can see how they would correlate. Yes, they really do. So, are we all talk, or do we have actions behind our words? Uh, a fool is shown to be a fool, especially, especially in this area, Delaney, the mouth. Mm. So many of the Proverbs about fools point to the mouth as the real problem. Proverbs twelve twenty three: the prudent keeps their knowledge to themselves, but a fool's heart blurts out folly. I love how it says the, the fool's heart, like it's coming from your heart. Right. It's not just words. Our words come from our heart, yeah, right? Yeah. So in other words, they lack self-control and feel like they need to add their own two cents on everything. Mm. I think we can all know people like that. And yes. you might even hear yourself always adding the two cents. You yeah, know? God convicted Rather me of that listening. before, for sure. Like like that I felt like I always had to say something. Right. And I was like, why do I feel like this? No, we should be listening way more totally. and affirming what was just told to us rather than putting in our two cents Amen. all the time. Yes. The fool's insecurity wants to really appear wise, but actually when they open their mouths, they often reveal their folly or their wrong thinking. Listen to Proverbs 18. Fools find no pleasure in understanding, but delight in airing their own opinions. Ooh, isn't that a a sobering one? Yeah, that's a rough one. (laughs) And another one in, in Proverbs 18, the mouths of the fools are their undoing, and their lips are a snare to their very lives. Again, Proverbs 17. Even fools are thought wise if they keep silent and discerning if they hold their tongues. So here's the question for us, Mm -hmm. Delaney, as we're examining our own hearts. Do our tongues reveal us to be fools? Are they unrestrained? Do they always need to have the last word and be right? Ooh, that's that's a hard one, too. Wow. Isn't it? (laughs) Isn't it? But what a good thing to be aware of. Totally. A fool's words are described as perverse hurting others. In fact, in Proverbs 10, 18, it says, whoever conceals hatred with lying lips and spreads slander is a fool. It can be such a temptation to gossip. But Mm. when we do, we're a fool. It can be such a temptation where we tear down with our word, and that is being a fool. So are we self-controlled, or do we have a hard time taming that tongue yeah that's a good that's a thing that I have um seen in you that I've learned from you is like you will not gossip 
Like I, there's been a time I remember specifically where it was like, totally my intention was wrong. Like, and I was, I think I was, uh, no, I was, I was like trying to like get into a little gossip with you and you do not have it. And so this is a thing that I think is so important too, is like, we can look at other people and see not only where they're foolish, but where they're wise and be like, you know what? I want to emulate that. So that's mm. something that I have definitely like seen before in you, which has really helped me like just how I want to live my life and like the kind of person I want to be. But thanks, Delaney. But what are some other characteristics of a fool? We're not done yet. Oh, no, we've <laughs> just started. We've just started. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of characteristics of a fool, but a fool is the opposite of a wise person. So another characteristic of a fool is that they're unwise. And Proverbs 1, 20 through 33 um, this is this is one of my favorite passages in the Bible. I just gotta say, like when I was a kid, my mom and my siblings would we would all like put on this skit, and one of us would pretend to be Lady Wisdom, and the other would pretend to be Lady Folly. She's in a different passage, but it's the same kind of you know oh, idea. Cute, how and fun! It was it was really fun, and we would like do the whole thing, and we try to like lure each other into traps, and it was like this is such a like a. I don't know. This is such like a funny little pastor's kid thing that we used to do. I think it was like, I do not the Bible verses, but it was really great because I really remember these. Yes. Like, and so it was really wise that my mom like did it this way. Cause I will never forget these passages. So right. just a quick little tidbit. Yeah. Um, but if you haven't read Proverbs 1, 20 through 33, you should, it's written by King Solomon who God gifted with more wisdom than anyone on the earth. So um, he actually, in this passage, uses this imagery of wisdom as a woman shouting in a busy street for all to hear. Um, and the thing about wisdom is that it's obvious. The Bible is super clear on what is wise and what is not. Sometimes we act like we need to discern whether or not something is wise, and we act like wisdom is some kind of mystery or like it's hidden, but it's not. Proverbs one twenty two says, wisdom shouts in the streets. Oh, that's a, such a good point to remember. It's It's not hidden. It's not. We don't need to look like it's a mystery. Like we, the Bible like lays it out so clearly for us. And it says wisdom shouts in the street. She lifts her voice in the square, but wisdom is often ignored, mm -hmm. even though it is usually in plain sight. So verse 24 in that passage tells us that be, it says, um, because I called and you refused, I stretched out my hand and no one paid attention. So it, this passage goes on to say, that we are the ones who neglect wisdom, even though it's available and it's accessible. Like it is there for us, but we are the ones who reject it. Another theme in this passage that I hadn't picked up on before is that there is really kind of, there's like a time limit for wisdom. For the fool, the one who rejects God altogether, that time is when he dies and he spends his eternity in hell. Like his time to be wise and follow Christ is done. And for the Christian, it's when you decide to sin. You can repent of your sin, but you can't reverse sin. And so we want to like have this mindset of being wise and that there is like kind of this time limit, even though for Christians we can repent and it's not the same as the one who rejects God. But from this passage, we learn that living as a fool brings these things. It brings simple mindedness, calamity, dread, foolishness, distress, anguish, waywardness, naivety, naivety. I always can't with that word. I think it's naivety, complacency, and evil. So fools are overtaken by life's trials because they can't cope and they have no hope. Whereas the wise, as it says in verse 33, live securely. They are at 
ease from the dread of evil. So sister, do you live at ease from the dread of evil? Are you shaken by circumstance? We often don't think um, of, you know, some of being foolish is like, but we often don't think of foolishness like this and not trusting God. But that's that's what God God's word says that like when you don't trust him like that is foolish. And so do you ignore wisdom? Do you have a lack of trust for God? In what areas of your life are you unwise? Another um, characteristic of a fool is undisciplined with temper and emotions. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, that one's, you know, this one's not as surprising to me. I, yeah, definitely have been there. Proverbs twelve sixteen says, The vexation of a fool is known at once, but the prudent ignores an insult. Ooh. Proverbs mm-hmm. 29, 11 says, A fool gives full vent to his spirit, but a wise man quietly holds it back. Another characteristic of a fool is that he repeats mistakes. Like a dog that returns to his vomit is a fool who returns to folly. And so, sister, like, do you lack discipline or self-control over emotions? Do you continue to repeat the same mistakes and sins? I feel like this is a key one, the repeating the same mistakes. Yeah, I think that's a whole podcast right there, that topic. Yeah, and the dog mm-hmm. with the vomit really grosses me out, and that really makes me not want to repeat because of just that imagery. Yeah, yeah, it's it's not a good thing. Yeah. So how do we avoid being a fool, Delaney? Yeah, so I think this answer is, like, sprinkled throughout this episode, like, at the various passages we've looked at. I think, you know, we've really given, like, a lot of marks of a fool and a lot of good, like, what not to do's. Um, but one of my favorite verses gives us a good guide on how to avoid being a fool. And you actually said it at the beginning. It's Proverbs 9, 10. It says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And this means that wisdom begins with the right view of God. It's understanding that you can't be wise without God and that he can actually give you the desire to be wise. It also means that being reverent of the Lord is where wisdom begins. That fear, that reverence, that respect of the Lord, that's where wisdom starts. So sister, like this is where you really need to evaluate. How do you think of God? Do you have this reverence of God? Do you... Do you need to ask him to take away this desire to be foolish? Do you need to ask him, like, Lord, help me be wise? Like, I think those are all things that we really need to do. But, um, Bev, how would you kind of, like, wrap all of this up and give, like, a challenge to the sisters? Well, you know, interestingly enough, the New Testament, not only Proverbs, but has a lot of uh, examples of foolishness. Um, But one of the interesting passages is from 1 Corinthians, where they— the, the author here, the Apostle Paul, takes and turns this idea of foolishness on its head. Um, in 1 Corinthians, we read that the wisdom of God in the gospel is foolishness to those outside the faith without the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. So the outsider's view, rather than seeing the gospel as wisdom, they see it as foolishness, like mm-hmm. silliness. Um, listen to 1 Corinthians. Brothers and sisters, think of what you once were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many of you were influential. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of this world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of this world to shame them so that no one can boast before him. It is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us the wisdom from God. He... Christ mm. Jesus is the wisdom from God, and that is our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. Mm. So to the world, God's wisdom will look like foolishness. Be prepared for that. But to God, when we really have his wisdom, that's true wisdom. 
So our final challenge here, really, receive Christ, who is for us the wisdom of God. You're not going to have wisdom. You're always going to be playing the fool if you do not have wisdom that comes from God. Second, recognize and put off foolish ways. Even for the committed believers, we can all be walking around like a fool in certain areas. Totally. Um, really out of control and out of the will and wisdom of God. Where are those areas? And third, seek the salvation of those who are still fools by proclaiming the foolishness of the cross. Mm, that's a good one right there. That's really good. I Yeah, man, there's so many characteristics of a fool that um, I can point to in different times of my life that I have done. And I'm just so thankful that, um, man, that we can pray and we can ask God to make us wise. Yes, absolutely. We, we can't do it. The first good sign of not being a fool is realizing you can't not be a fool That's apart your, from Christ. Yeah, you are helpless. <laughs> right, right. That's where it starts. And it, with that humility rather than the pride of the fool. Mm, I love that. Will you pray for us? I certainly will. Heavenly Father, as we contemplate this whole concept and idea of the fool, it's very sobering. Um, in different places in our lives, both of us have kind of had a finger put on these different areas where we are perhaps playing the fool. Mm. So give us an awareness of when that's happening and help us to turn from those foolish ways. May we be a wise person. May we be filled with the Holy Spirit that we walk and act in his power and not in the power of the flesh. Lord, forgive us all of our past foolishness and help us to walk anew in the foolishness of the gospel, of being in relationship with you, loving you, and sharing that with others. And it's in Christ's name we've prayed. Amen. 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 Well, it was great to be with you, sisters. Join us in two Mondays on She is Becoming.